Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. I'm really naughty. All right, come with me in your Bibles. We've only got minutes left, but I I do feel, trust me, trust me, uh, I'm telling you, a can is going to be opened this evening in a good way, in a really good way, in a really good way. Jezebel tried to to come up with her little nasty tricks this afternoon, but I had a wonderful conversation and prayer with Pastor Mike Connell on the way here, felt something break, and so I'm about to open a can. So, So just get ready, a can is going to be open, you're going to leave different to the way you walked in. Power is about to hit this place. So come with me, First, First Chronicles chapter 11. First Chronicles chapter 11. Uh, the title of my message tonight, I think, is Taking Territory. I can't remember what I sent the guys. Is that what it is? Come on. I love it when I got it right. I forgot. I forgot already. It's been one of those days. All right. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 4. It says, And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus where the Jebusites were, everyone say were, were the inhabitants of the land. So David, David comes to Jerusalem. Today we know it as Jerusalem. But, but Chronicles is trying to tell us that before you and, I, you and I know it as Jerusalem, it wasn't always Jerusalem, it was Jebus because the Jebusites occupied that territory. Now, how many people know that God had promised the, the land of Canaan to the Israelites? Come on, he, he, he told Abraham, Abraham, I need you to exercise faith because you're, by faith your offspring are going to inherit the promised land. And so Abraham's, well, I'm not sure if you realize this, God, but I'm 80, Sarai is 70, and if we, our offspring's going to inherit stuff, you may want to uh, <laughs> fix what's broken. And God's like, actually, I need you to fight in faith. Sometimes we wonder why, why life seems to be stacked, why other people have got an easier hand or an easier way. It's just that if life is a little more difficult for you, it's because God has got something greater intended to get to you and usually it's legacy usually if it comes easy it'll perish in a generation but if it comes through travail if it comes through labor if it comes through faith God is going to affect generations can somebody say amen so Abraham Abraham the Bible says contrary to hope in hope believing he had to believe God at 99 when God spoke to him his wife was 89 and God spoke to him and says, you're gonna have a son, not from, not from Hagar, not from a maid, but from the barren womb of your wife. And the Bible says, Abraham didn't consider now being almost 100 years old, the deadness of his own body, but the deadness of Sarah's womb because Abraham had to bring somebody, had to birth into the world a faith that believed that God could bring from a dead womb, that God could bring life from a dead tomb. 
so that his Mashiach could hang on the cross, who comes from the lineage of Abraham, so he knows on the cross, into your hands I commit my spirit because there's something in my DNA that was birthed by Abraham that I just believe that you are good with dead wombs and dead tombs, that I can lay myself in a tomb and the God that I serve can raise me. So Abraham had to believe for something. It's one thing for you to believe something and give birth to something. He gave birth to Yitzhak, to Isaac. One of the great tragedies in church, Pastor Mike, and you, you, you were doing it so brilliantly here, the exact opposite, is most churches are, are, are uni or one-dimensional, one-dimensional. Whereas Pastor Mike was saying, hey, we're not building the church for us, we're building it for you. So we don't, just, we don't just believe and we just operate in miracles. The Bible tells us that we need to rehearse the miracles of God to the next generation and to the next generation. And one generation shall proclaim your works to another. We, we ought to instruct our children that God is good. God said to the children of Israel, I want you to set up memorial stones. Why would we do that? Because the generations coming after you need to know what God did in Egypt, how God confounded Pharaoh, the judgments, how God opened up the Red Sea, how God took care of you for 40 years in a wilderness where the shoes didn't wear out on your feet, where manna rained down from heaven every day, where there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, how the Lord brought water out of a rock, how He led you these 40 years. I want you to retell it because it's so important that we retell because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Can somebody say Amen. So then Isaac has to rehearse it to Jacob. Jacob has to rehearse it to the, the, the sons of Jacob that became Israel. So the, the Israelites know that this land has been promised by a God who is faithful, by a God of power, by a God of miracles, by a God of signs and wonders. And yet, as they walk in, here are the Jebusites occupying territory. I want you to know that there is nothing, there is nothing that is, is neutral or barren Right now, in, in your future, there is, a, there is a devil, there is a demon, there is opposition, and your job is to dislodge. Your job is to dispossess. Your job is to drive out. Your job is to dismiss. Your job is to take down those things. So they come to Jebus, which is Jerusalem, but the Jebusites are in the inhabitants of the land. Verse five says, but the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, you shall not come in here. It's almost as strong as Gandalf. You shall not pass. It's almost that strong. You shall not come in here. The next word. The next word, nevertheless. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Now David said, whoever attacks the Jebusites first, he'll be my chief, he'll be the captain. Joab, the son of Zuriah. I'd like the Bible, Joab, the son of Zuriah. It's just awesome. Went up first and he became chief. Then David dwelt, then David dwelt in the stronghold. It was a stronghold. The enemy builds enclaves, he builds strongholds. There's a stronghold in Washington. There's a stronghold in New York City. There's a stronghold in Chicago. There's a stronghold in Sacramento. There's a stronghold in, in San Francisco. There's a stronghold. And you always know where the devil's got a stronghold, chaos. Chaos, crime, high taxes, oppressed people. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. 
when the wicked are in authority, the people groan. But the, the wicked don't want to get out of authority. That's all they've got. They, they don't care about this. They, ne- they care, only care about this life. And so they hold on to authority and they just keep oppressing people. They keep, they defund police. They raise crime. They, they, there's chaos and anarchy everywhere they go. Our job is to dispossess them. They're trying to bring it into San Diego. They wanted San Diego to be a, an abortion haven. Well, not on our watch, Bob. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to pray. We're going to pull down strongholds. So David now dwells in the city, dwells in the stronghold, and they called it the city of David, and he built the city around it from the Milo to the surrounding area. Joab repaired the rest of the city. So it was a stronghold of the enemy. Now David turned it into a stronghold for God. So they want to turn San Diego into a stronghold for abortion. We're going to turn it into a stronghold of life, of family, of marriage, of righteousness, of blessing. Can I tell you the one thing, the one thing the wicked hates is the Bible belts. Oh, the devil hates the Bible belts. You'll hear them complaining about these people that hang on to their guns and their God and their religion. Amen. We believe in the First Amendment. We believe in the Second Amendment. We believe in our God. And so you better believe that we're standing up. So the Bible says, David went on and became great and the Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord of hosts was with him. I want to go back up because I, I really want to, to, to lean and minister on a point. And the point is, is where there was a narrative in the land. There was a narrative. There was a narrative. And the narrative was that the, the Jebusites in the stronghold said, you shall not come in here. You shall not come up here. You will not possess the territory. This is so important because this is not David's first engagement with a narrative. Because Goliath had a narrative. Goliath says, Do you, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Come to me, boy. And I'll take your head off and I'll feed your carcass to the beasts of the field and to the birds of the air. And he curses David by his God. But I like David. David did not let the devil, David did not let the giant, David did not let the enemy have the highest narrative. The last time I read my Bible, it says that the Lord is the most high. The last time I read my Bible, it was God that created the heavens and the earth. And then God by His Word said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God said, let the the, the waters above separate from the waters beneath. And it was so. And God said, let there be a firmament. And it was so. And God said, let dry ground appear. And it was so. And then God said, let the dry ground bring forth herb and bring forth trees and bring forth plant life. And it was so. And then God said, let the oceans be teeming with life. And it was so. And then God said, let the ground produce and let there be cattle and livestock and all kinds of creatures and it was so and then God said let us make man in our image and then the next verse says and so God created man. God said it and it was so God said it and it was so God said it and it was so why are you and I living under words that don't come from God if someone is speaking a word over you and it doesn't line up with the word of God dismiss it reject it break it don't live under it don't come under it don't come into alignment don't come into agreement I come out of agreement. Come out of agreement with every word that the devil has spoken. Do you know most people live under a script? Jesus is a script changer. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus is like, yeah, you know where I'm going to grow up? Nazareth. 
because I'm going to confound the narrative that the devil has put over this city. They're saying it's a rundown place. It's a, a poor place. It's a useless place. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus came out of Nazareth. Can somebody say amen? You need to understand the God that you and I serve is a narrative changing. He's a script changing. He's a narrative defying, destroying. If you are living under a word that doesn't line up with the Word of God, get ready, get ready, get ready, because tonight we're going to break it. We are going to smash it. You're going to have a ceiling shattered over your your life and you're going to soar in 2022 in Jesus' Name. I just love it because God is a a God that destroys labels. He destroys labels. Not only did Jesus say, you know, they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But when when God appeared to to Mary, he said, is anything impossible? He says, I know you're not married, but don't think that, that you can't, that God can't. All things are possible with God. And let me tell you, darling, he said, it's now the sixth month. Your Auntie Elizabeth, she's six months pregnant. And this is what the angel said. It is now the sixth month for her who was, who was called barren. Do you know what's worse than being barren? The doctors, yes, um, Elizabeth, Zacharias, I need you to sit down. Um, all the lab tests have come back. We've done the blood test. We've done, uh, unfortunately, uh, adoption is your, she, she's barren. The, the whispers in the marketplace, the gossip amongst, she's, she's, she's married to one of the high priests. She, he's, he's in the uh, uh, tribe of Levi. He's one of the direct descendants of Aaron. And yet, the, the whisper in the marketplace, oh, sh- sh- here she comes. Yeah, if, if they were really godly, because they knew that barrenness was a curse. She's been living under the shame and under the reproach. It was one thing for her not to have a baby. It was one thing for her not to have a son. It was one thing for them not to have an heir. But it's another thing to live under the words, the constant words that your, 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 the, 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 the destitute state of her soul, amen, the gossip, amen, the narrative, amen, the words. But I, I thank God that there was a moment where an angel of the Lord, Gabriel, the messenger of God, every Sunday whether it's Pastor Mike, whether it's Pastor Katie, whether it's Pastor Colin, whether it's Pastor Marco, whether it's Pastor, whoever it is, Pastor, whoever gets into this pulpit, they have a Gabrielic moment where they are a messenger to release a word. And the word to Zacharias was, Zacharias, be of good cheer. The Lord has heard your prayer. And he's like, which prayer are we talking about? He said, your wife's gonna have a baby. Your wife's going to have a baby. Tonight, I want you to come out of alignment. I want you to come out of agreement with words. It's amazing. You're an accident. You'll never amount to anything. San Diego's too expensive. You'll never own a home. You're such a disappointment. There's something wrong with you. That's why your husband lived. There's something wrong. You'll never change. That's why we, 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 we so easily come under words. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Consumed the bull. Consumed the water. Licked up all the water and all the rocks. Even consumed the rocks. People fell on their face. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. He goes down and single-handedly executes all the false prophets of Baal, all the false prophets of Asherah. 
And then the word of the Lord comes in. Once he gets rid of the interference, once he gets rid of the, the false prophets, once he gets rid of the lying narrative, now truth comes to his ears. And he, and he hears something. It's like, man, what, what, what is that that I hear? I hear. It's like, man, what, what am I hearing? I'm, I'm hearing something. There's all the noise around him, all the dead prophets. And then he looks at Ahab and he says, get in your chariot and ride back to your palace. Go and eat and drink because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. We've been living in a drought for three and a half years, but now that I got rid of the negative words that have been spoken over the land, now that I got rid of those who were cursing the land, now that I got rid of the lying media, now that I got rid of the fake news, the false prophets cursing the land, saying San Diego will be a haven for abortion, now that I got rid of the confusion and the lies I hear from God, you go up to your palace and eat and drink because that's, that's all you care about with your, with your throne with your power, with your authority, but I'm gonna climb back up onto Mount Carmel and I'm gonna pray until my eyes see what my ear or my spirit heard. And the Bible says the same man that called fire down just moments before now goes back up and he prays until until the rain began to, the whole sky filled with clouds and he says to his servant, run, run. And the rain comes and breaks through in the land. The very next day when Jezebel had heard what Elijah did and how the people's faith was restored to God, she sends, gets a signet ring, summons a messenger, hands it to the messenger, go and take it to the man of God. A messenger, a person, a person who was a messenger carried a word that came from a spirit, Jezebel, to a man who the day before brought fire from the sky and then ended a drought. And when he read the word, the gods do so to me and more also, if by this time tomorrow you are not as dead as one of those prophets that you murdered yesterday. And fear came upon him because he... Fear is faith in the negative. Fear is faith in a lie. God has not given you a spirit of fear. The problem with fear is fear is faith in reverse. Faith is a magnet that draws kingdom things to you. Fear is a magnet that draws things not of the kingdom to you. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Don't operate in fear. Sometimes people will say, well, hang on, well, well what if? And I can come across, even to, to my beautiful, I can come across like, oh my gosh, he's so dismissive. I just, I just can't, I can't, I won't. Fear doesn't get a voice at the table. In 54 years of living, Fear has never given me accurate counsel once. Fear has never given me godly counsel once. Fear has never given me helpful counsel once. Well, hang on a minute. Fear will keep you from jumping off a cliff. No, no, my friend. Wisdom will keep you from jumping off a cliff. Fear will try to tell you, you need me. No, I don't need you fear. Get out. I don't even know how you got in the car. Out. 
And don't slow down. Don't stop and open the door. Let him out on the freeway while you're doing 100 and, uh, no, while you're doing 65. <laughs> fear, fear is a magnet that will attract. Don't go to fear. But when Elijah went to fear, he went to fear and all of a sudden he's in a wilderness and he doesn't want to live anymore because he come under that spirit. And he said, God, it is, it is enough now. Take my life. I'm no better than my father's. And he was depressed and an angel had to come and cook for him. An angel had to come and bake him a cake and fill up his water jar and let him have a little nap and then woke him again, cooked for him a second meal and says, rise, Elijah, go in this strength of this food for 40 days. And then when he gets to the cave, God says, what, what, what are you doing here? Well, I alone am left. God said, son, there are 7,000 I've reserved that haven't bowed the knee. But life isn't finished for you. Arise, fill your horn with oil and go anoint Hazael, king of Syria. Anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, as prophet in your place. And anoint Jehu, king over Israel. You know what was amazing? Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, you'll be as dead as one of those prophets. Did you know that one year later, Elijah was still alive? Did you know that 10 years later, Jezebel was wrong? Did you know 100 years later, you say, hang on, how old was he? Did you know that 2,000, no, actually 3,000 years later, he still hasn't died? God said, oh, because Jezebel said that you're going to die. You know what I'm going to do, son? I'm going to send a chariot from heaven to pick you up. Most people got to die to get into heaven. This is how much God hates Jezebel. This is how much He hates the lying, manipulating. So He sends a chariot, picks up Elijah, and then, then Elijah, he's kind of like, heaven's pretty awesome. And he's like, you know what? I want you to go down and talk to my son. Take Moses with you. So Jesus goes up on a mountain and there's Moses and Elijah talking with, with, with Jesus. I came under words, the power of words. I just thought they were normal because my dad told me I was an accident. My dad told me I was, and so my world was framed by the words that were spoken. Tonight we're gonna come out of agreement. Tonight I want you to come out of agreement. Because whatever you come into agreement with, you release the power of that word. Can I just say to you, and let me say this, you are too beautiful. Your destiny is too magnificent. Your life is too valuable. What God has for you is too awesome for you to come into alignment with any other word than His word. Sometimes those words are from well-meaning people. I know teachers who've said, you'll never amount to anything. You're, you're no good. Or you're... There are people that will speak words over our lives. Can I tell you, if it doesn't line up here, if, if it doesn't come from here, break its agreement. Come out of agreement. Break the alignment. Don't come into alignment with it. If, whatever you come into alignment with, the power flows into you. Your life is too valuable to let any other word be the dominant word over your life.
come out of agreement. Break those ties. Break those things. Come into alignment with the Word of God. Come on, let's stand to our feet. And if that's you today, I'm going to have the, uh, the band come up. We're going we're gonna to sing uh, Protector. As we sing Protector, I feel the power of God already on this platform. If that's you, if tonight you need to break some words, if you need to break some agreements, if you need to come out from under words that have been spoken, sometimes it can be a spouse, sometimes it can be a sibling, saddest thing, sometimes it can be somebody in authority. I've seen it where, where a counsellor who was jacked up, a therapist who was messed up, spoke death over a marriage, spoke death over a future. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, don't live it. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, what was Abraham's battle? What was his battle? The Bible says that Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope believed because he counted God faithful who had, who had promised. He knew that God is not a man that he should lie the doctors, the experts, even his friends, even his relatives would have said to him, Abraham, give it up. Everybody's in agreement. You're not having a baby out of her body. But Abraham, come out of agreement with that. I come into agree, came into agreement with the Word of God. God has awesome things for you. I know the thoughts that I think to you, towards you, says the Lord, good thoughts, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of love, one of power, one of a sound mind. The Bible says that in Christ, some of the promises are yes and amen. Excuse me. In Christ, most of the promises are in Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. So come on, if you need to do some business with God, I want you to come. 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 Come out of alignment. Come out of agreement. Maddie Lee, Maddie and Vanessa, I, I love this couple. How long have you guys, how long have you guys been here? Is it like 15 years? It's got to be. We used to go golfing at Rancho Bernardo Inn and all kinds of places together. Hold hands. I love Matt and Vanessa Lee. You guys already live in a house. But I, I, just, I just saw that there's something that you've been believing for. And it's greater. And it's great. And the Lord would say, come into it. But I, I see, I do see that you've been living under uh, a, a deficit. It's almost like you, there were clouds over you, but the clouds never rained, Matthew. The clouds, there were clouds over you, but they withheld their rain. The rain that should have come and said, I'm proud of you, my son. I'm proud of you, my God. You believe God. With God, all things are possible. You can, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Shoot for the moon. Aim for the sky. Those words weren't there. And the Lord would say, you forgive. You, they didn't know any better, but you come into alignment now with your heavenly Father. And your heavenly Father says there's no ceiling over your life, over Vanessa, over your children, over your house, over the things that you ask for. In fact, I hear the Lord say, whatever, whatever Maddie Lee, whatever Matt and Vanessa Lee ask for, whatever they believe me for, I will give to them. Whatever they believe me for, I will give them. Father, I thank you for them right now. 
Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I come out of agreement with Goliath. My life will not be cut short. I will not be defeated by what stands in front of me, by what tries to intimidate me. I break my agreement with the words of Goliath. I declare Goliath this day, this day, I'm going to take your head from your shoulders so the whole world may know that there is a God in Israel. Now just keep your hands lifted. Just notice David said, I'm going to take your head. How many people know that once the head is removed, it's very hard to keep talking? Why did they behead John the Baptist? Because Herodias was living in adultery. She'd left her covenant, she'd left her husband. She was living in adultery because Herod had more power, more authority, more privilege, more prestige. And John the Baptist kept saying, what you're doing is wrong. You're living in adultery. You're living in sin. God can't bless you. You are the one blocking God from being able to bless you and use you. And Herodias had him beheaded. She beheaded him to remove his voice. Tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, we, we're gonna. You, you can't deal with Goliath. You can't coexist with Goliath. You can't just be friends with Goliath. You got to take his head off. You got to silence that voice. Whatever voice has been intimidating you. Listen, there are some of you beautiful girls. You stand in front of the mirror. And you're never the right height. You're never the right weight. You're never the right look. You're never the right complexion. You're never the right. I want you to break agreement. It is a spirit. It will rob you. It will torment you. Let me tell you, you are magnificent. You are beautiful. You are splendid. You are gorgeous just the way you are. The the body that you have is the body God gave you. It is a beautiful body. It is a, a feminine body. One day your husband is going to be obsessed with it. That's how it should be. You don't need to change it. You don't need to let an image in a magazine or an image on TV or a lie from Goliath intimidate you. You break it in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to pray this prayer. Hands lifted again. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I come out of agreement with Jezebel. I refuse to live under her lies. I refuse to believe the lies and the fear she has spoken over my life in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare, Jezebel, your grip, your ceiling, your control, broken over my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.